the Bible Study Podcast, episode 263. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of 2 Samuel with chapter 22. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Today, we're going to study chapter 22. I suspect we'll also go on from there. But chapter 22 is an interesting episode because this is a place where one of the Psalms of David has been placed here in 2 Samuel instead. And so what chapter 22 is, is towards the end of David's life, he writes this song of praise. And we're going to look at this. David sang to the Lord the words of his song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my savior. From violent people you save me. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise and have been saved from my enemies. The waves of death swirled around me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. It's interesting as we start this psalm and as we finish the life of David here and look back, we see where these words come from. And one of the reasons that I enjoyed doing this study of First and Second Samuel, while I didn't enjoy pronouncing all the names, and you have no idea how many times I had to say some of them, I do enjoy seeing behind some of the psalms. And remember, we spent some time with the Psalms of David, and we may go back and do that again before we wrap this up. But we see that David fled from his life from Saul, and he fled from his life from Absalom, and that he was in danger from the Philistines and the other people who rebelled against him. And all of this, he says, that in all of this, God was my rock. In all of this, God was my refuge. God was the one that I trusted in. When it looked like nothing that God had promised me. Remember, he gets anointed as king when he is still a young man. Before he even slays Goliath, before anything has happened, he gets anointed by Samuel as king. And then he is fleeing from his life. He has the king throwing spears at him. He has all of these things that go on that make it look like this anointing wasn't true. But he trusts in God. He puts his hope in God. He calls out to God, and he is God's man. And so he puts that in this psalm. Continuing on, in my distress, I called to the Lord. I called out to my God. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came to his ears. The earth trembled and quaked. The foundations of the heavens shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wing of the wind. He made darkness his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, bolts of lightning blazed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemy. With great bolts of lightning, he routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed. The foundations of the earth laid bare at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of breath from his nostrils." 
This is not the Sunday school, God is your buddy kind of God. This is the God who made heavens and earth, who is wrathful at times. And that is what David is depicting here, but he's depicting a wrathful God who is striking his enemies, who is striking the enemies of David, but obviously also the enemies of God. This is one of those things that illustrates that it is not a good thing to be on the other side from where God is, that that God is a just God, God is a loving God, but when God is angry, you don't really want to be who he is angry at. And remember, David has felt that anger, but David has also been protected by the righteous anger of God. David David has been on the right side so many times, and he describes this powerful, mighty, majestic, avenging God that is awesome in the truest form. It is it is awe-inspiring and scary, and this is where the fear of the Lord sort of comes from, is understanding that this can be an image of God. And this is certainly an Old Testament image of God, but it doesn't mean that God has changed. The God whom we serve is a mighty God. This is the God of Revelation. This is the God who's coming again to judge the quick and the dead. This is God who comes in lightning and wind and thunder and earthquakes. And this is an image of the power of God. And to David, remember, put this in the context of the psalm, this is comforting that the one whose hands hold him are the ones who created the world, the God of power and might and majesty. Continuing on, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. And so we get in the moment of this angry, powerful, majestic, mighty God coming down, swooping down out of the clouds with lightning. We get him scooping up David because David delights him. You get him rescuing his people. Remember the image from Colossians that he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I see this God who is swooping in and coming to the rescue. He is the cavalry coming over the hill at the right time. He is the lifeguard pulling you down as you go down for the third time because he delights in you. And so we get these mighty, majestic hands reaching out suddenly, gently, and tenderly. It continues on, The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I am not guilty of turning from my God. As his laws are before me, I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and have kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his sight. Now, I get the suspicion from these sets of verses. This is a younger David because we're talking about Saul and not Absalom because we're talking about how he is righteous. And the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, which he has done all along David's life. It's just that at that middle point, 
he is unrighteous and he is rewarded again according to his righteousness. And so at this time in his life when he has been keeping his path straight, he is comforted by the fact that the Lord is a just God. Later on, he will be comforted by the fact that the Lord is a merciful God. Both are true, but different one brings comfort at different times. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the devious, you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them low. You, Lord, are my lamp. The Lord turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. He is looking at his faith here as not a faith that just protects, but a faith that leads him on into victory. And I think about the verses from the New Testament where Jesus tells Peter, On this rock I will found my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Gates of hell is a defensive thing, and so when he says that the church will prevail, he is talking about a church that is on the move, that is on the march, like David is using here, that God who brings light into darkness and leads his people forth into victory. And so in our case, we're talking about victory not over Philistines, not over Amorites or Gibeonites or things like that, but against the unseen powers. We are called to be part of that rescue mission for people who are in the dominion of darkness, who are in bondage. We are called to bring hope into situations that are hopeless, to bring light into situations that are dark. Our enemies are not people who are not Christians. Our enemies are the people who hold them captive, the powers and principles that do so. As for the Lord, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. His shield, all who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet. So my ankles will not give way. He pictures here a God who strengthens. They who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles, is what we learn from Isaiah. And this is the same sort of picture I see here. Someone who gives my feet, who makes my feet sure like that of a deer. Have you seen a deer climb a mountain? Have you seen a mountain goat climb up a mountain in ways that are way too close to vertical to seem possible? He's saying, that's how you make me, Lord. You give me strength. You make my feet sure. I pursued my enemies and crushed them. I did not turn back till they were destroyed. I crushed them completely and they could not rise. They fell before my feet. You armed me with strength for battle. You humbled my adversaries before me. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight and I destroyed my foes. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them. To the Lord... But he did not answer. I beat them as fine as the dust of the earth. I pounded them and trampled them like mud in the streets. This sounds like a terrible, vengeful sort of passage, but remember where this whole thing started here. It started here with all of these people who were out to kill David. And remember, David had real enemies who were really trying to kill him. This is not just poetic. And there were people who, as soon as they saw Israel in any sort of weakness, would want to invade and take over literally everything or would 
would take things that they have and take them off, including their wives and their children. And that happened to David. So when David talks about enemies, he's not talking about people who cut him off in traffic. He's talking about people who want to end him and all his family and take everything they have. And he is rejoicing that God has made them strong. You have delivered me from the attacks of the peoples. You have preserved me as the head of nations. People I did not know now serve me. Foreigners cower before me. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. They all lose heart. They come trembling from your strongholds. Remember, this is a shepherd boy. This is someone who grew up thinking, Do you know, gee, I wonder whether I'll be a shepherd in this pasture or that pasture. He didn't wonder whether he would build a palace in Jerusalem, which was not part of Israel at the time, but was held by their enemies. He did not picture whether he would be invading foreign nations. He did not have any plans for himself like that, but God did. And so he looks and he says, wow. I can't believe all that you have done for me. People that I didn't know now serve me. You have made me the head of nations when I had no reason to believe that I could be, when I had no right to claim to be, and when it looked like it wasn't even possible. The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be my God, the rock, my savior. He is the God who avenges me, who puts the nations under me, who sets me free from my enemies. You exalted me above my foes. From a violent man, you rescued me. Therefore, I will praise you, Lord among the nations. I will sing the praises of your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing kindness to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. We too should look back at all that God has done for us when he has kept us in times of troubles, when he has blessed us in times of plenty, and sing praises as David does. And apparently we're only going to do this chapter today. So with that, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com or send me an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hard-working pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.